Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck, for Christ's sake. It took yes, so long stop, to do stop that. dying, oh my Mike Martin. Hey, we're How up and running. Look at that. God, I hope that we survive. That took forever to get the intro oh, to run right. Oh, my God. Oh, People out at Aloe Treatment Center want you to get the right treatment for you and stop dying. Yeah. That's what, that's so, what I heard. Yeah. So, so, so much <laughs> has gone on and so much is going on. But, uh, but Mike, before we came on, talked about Hunter Biden as being interviewed on the, um, <laughs> on the, uh, whatchamacallit, on ABC News or something. Amy and Robach. I said I didn't like him. Yeah. I don't like Hunter Biden. I don't have to like him. I like his dad. I don't like him. Yeah. And, and this gets to something that's really important to me. Because everything I did that was immoral was something that I did that was immoral. It wasn't because of drugs. Don't you agree, Chuck? Too often we just make excuses for our immoral behavior. Because of drugs. Drugs didn't make me steal shit out of my friends' houses. Convenience. Did. Well, you probably didn't have to steal the shit if you weren't getting loaded. That's that's where that comes in. Yeah, but but if you're but I know a lot of drug addicts that didn't steal is what I, the point I'm trying to make. Right, and and not everybody fuck and not everybody fucks their dead brother's wife. Come on. Well, that's yeah. that, that your, is not that's, okay. That's better than your brother's dead wife. That would be gross. <laughs> that's really, that's got nothing anyway, to do with drinking so, and using. So, and, and this is going to be an ongoing thing. And politics are kind of going in the rearview mirror. I'm glad they're going away. But politics yes. and COVID Yay. and everything is, has, has been such a problem in our society. You can't ignore it. It permeates everything, right? I just did a parent-teacher conference today about Elvis. And it was over Zoom. I mean, you can't <laughs> discount how strange these times are right but so but i'm just gonna go back to the way i was like hey if, if you're a democrat and i like you and you say good shit i'll back you if you're a republican and you say good shit i'll back you i think what this guy gowdy did was so courageous against trump's petty ante fucking twitter bullshit he said yeah if if by friday they don't give joe biden the the daily briefings intelligence briefings i'll give them to him <laughs> because he's the next president. Did right. you see that? No, I didn't. That, that no, was badass. That was badass. And this is a guy, I forget the guy's name. Uh, you can look it up. Oh, Langsford, a senator from Oklahoma, a Republican senator from Oklahoma. And as a Democrat and as a liberal, I want to say I respect this guy and thank you very much. And that was badass what you did. Because if, <laughs> nice. if people don't start doing that, don't start saying Hunter Biden's kind of a scumbag. And this guy Langsford really did a solid. He did the right yeah. thing. Unless we start talking like that as a society, you're just going to get more of the same, Chuck. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And it, we don't have to pay attention to whatever Trump is doing now. We don't. We don't have. No, to. We, don't I, have and we don't well, have to. But this now is, this is where our government's supposed to go to work. I know, but it gets worse, Chuck. I set you up for this. I, you, oh, no. You're late. You didn't. You didn't come to the production meeting earlier today, so you're <laughs> fucked right now. Oh wait a second. So guess, there's meetings. Guess what? 
Yeah, well, there's exchanges of information, let's say, and there's a game plan for the podcast that's outlined that you obviously weren't in that meeting. Ever, in my ever. Yeah. And, and it, la it lasted for a long time. It lasted like time. two minutes. Like two <laughs> minutes. Long time. I think I was... Yeah. We discussed so many it, points. <laughs> listen, as depressing as Trump and all that fucking stupidity is and the dumbasses in Huntington Beach not wearing masks, <laughs> as depressing as that is, the real news is worse, Chuck. <laughs> oh, God. So, so the CDC and SAMHSA have released new facts. Mike has them. It's shocking. The overdose death rate in 2020 might eclipse 100,000 people. They're, they're, the health officials of different uh, counties and municipalities are not even, not even sending out a warning that so many thousands of people are dying of overdoses because COVID eclipses the sun and moon, right? Yep. Right. And well, I, just, like, I believe, just like guns used to before this. Remember, it was guns used to do it before this. Yeah, so now I believe the opioid epidemic is worse than ever before, is what two reports are, CDC and SAMHSA, worse than before COVID. Oh, it yeah. was pretty bad before COVID. Yeah, there's an article, mm. there's an yeah. article on that site that COVID is it's undoing the decade of progress made by opioid. You know, on the opioid. Yeah, like we were making real progress with 78,000 yeah, people know, dying. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, but, it was going uphill before we hit this, but this just gave it a, a little push. I mean, we were not. We were then, not. And then, uh, because, I, and I say it to Chrissy all the time, my wife, for those at home, like our life hasn't changed that much except for I don't go to work, but I was on the phone for six hours yesterday. My phone goes dead and I have to plug it in and talk for five more hours. But, but our life hasn't changed that much. Sydney still goes to school. They had a couple of co-events, but you know, everything worked out. Um, Elvis is doing zoom school, but Sydney actually goes to school twice, two times a week. So, yeah. and we live in our house and we, you know, so the only thing that's changed for me is I don't see my friends physically very often, if ever. I don't mm -hmm. go to basketball games. I don't go to concerts and I don't go to Disneyland. And, you've, you, and I know that sounds all frivolous and whatever. Those are meaningful things when you got two little kids. Especially like, the Disneyland you know, part. Yeah, the Disneyland. Well, they like going to basketball too. I have programmed them <laughs> to job. only like one sport. Though I'm starting to get depressed because I think Sydney likes soccer. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Oh, good. You Basketball get to be a referee. <laughs> you get to be a referee. When, when Sasha did that AYSO stuff, they said, Oh, you're not a coach. You're not doing this. Be a referee. And I said, I don't know anything about it. And they said, Good. You go to school for a day and then they give you shorts and a coin. <laughs> and you White get to be a referee. Shorts, shorts and a coin. And a yellow <laughs> shirt. It's a yellow shirt. It's it's a yellow shirt and these like these soft like grandpa pants and uh, and you get a coin. And for do the parents get mad at you when you call? Oh, yeah. when you Blow your whistle. Oh yeah. And I oh turn, my I, god. I, That's the job for me. I turn That's around the and go. Job hey, for me. I'm doing this for free. You want to do it? <laughs> How about me up? being a referee? How about oh, me being a referee at an eight-year-old oh, fucking God. soccer game? 
but I, I we got a goal for her. She wanted a goal, and she just kicking balls in. And then here's here's a here's a Bob Forrest side. Sydney is my daughter, so if you're if she wants you to be the goalkeeper, and then she gets like four soccer balls and she kicks them, you know, from different angles, right? If you let her get it in like you're not trying to block it, she gets mad at you and says, don't let me win. Wow. Then if you block it, she gets mad at you and says, you're, you're a grown-up, you're a daddy, and you're blocking my shot. <laughs> oh, that, okay. that is a lose-lose situation right there. Yeah. So I got my mother-in-law <laughs> to stand in and keep goal, and she can kick it past her. She's really trying to block it, and Sydney can just crush it. <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, I can't well, wait. We were, to out out all day, uh, we were out all day for like two hours on Sunday. Sydney just loves kicking that ball into the net, and she grunts when she kicks. She kicks and goes, mm. Like well, she's that's ready a big thing, man. It. Soccer is like it's been indoctrinated into like uh, grade school, you know, and, and kids did and you, girls. Did you? Did uh, you? No, kids we play our soccer? age. We didn't do that when we were when we were right. No, but do you your kids play. You don't remember do it, but my kids, kids do. Do you? Do you, have you coached or you go to the no, games no, or no, what? No, 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 no. But they were they were forced to participate in uh, in in soccer. Oh, just at school, but yeah. not after school. No, at school. Well, you know, it's, yeah. it's well, yeah, a lot. You have to do it's everything. A lot of, it's school, a lot of right? running. It's a lot of running, and it's minimal contact unless it's played right. When it's played right, it's a lot of contact without a lot of pads. But you know, for the for the kids, it's good to, for them to get out there and run. Man, it was great to go watch practices and have the kid come home tired and ready to go to bed. Yeah. What about the fact that so many people are dying of drugs and nobody knows about it? How sad is that? Even yeah. I didn't know Where about were it we? until I didn't know about it till this afternoon. That's fucked up. They didn't no, have that in the it. they they didn't have that in the RV Times, I guess. No, they the didn't. R, they didn't put that in there. <laughs> there's a lot of meth. Though there's a lot of meth in the RV world. I can tell. I can tell by the people I'm meeting. There's a lot of meth. You think maybe yes. a lot of them ended up, a lot know, of them ended up on the side of the road living in their RVs because of meth, probably. Yeah, well, it all goes together. Chuck, can you really die of meth? Because I always say you can't die of meth, and then people tell me, oh, you're so irresponsible. Uh, you know, 20,000 people a year die of meth. they got to be doing an awful lot of meth, because me and Mike Martin used to shoot meth, Man. and you just felt like you were – dying and never been so alive all at once <laughs> you get to this point where it's not like a it's not like uh it doesn't get you amped up you lay on the ground and you're just kind of gray you kind of go everything goes gray and you can't really see anything and it's really bizarre and weird and you have to lay there and not move for a long time hold the earth you have to yeah. hold the earth there, oh, there is uh, people strange. are dying hold on mike people hold on i want an expert's opinion i'm out of the game <laughs> as a counselor you're a you're a producer, Chuck. Can you die of a meth overdose? People are dying of uh, methamphetamine toxicity. Yes, and oh, how they're what, doing what it. Is, and is, what is that? It, it's it's an overdose from methamphetamine. I mean, it. You know, you've got to do it in some weird ways. But you remember that guy from Channel Five? That's what killed him. Well, wasn't he that, in a rubber outfit and all that? Yeah, but <laughs> meth toxicity would have taken him out. 
I, you know, I, for, I forget what I put on him that day. Poor, I think you that, poor fucker. <laughs> that guy was loved. That guy was loved by everybody. Talk about the worst ending of a fucking great career. Which guy he was that? Messed, he, he, he messed huh? with the wrong guy at the wrong time because they destroyed him on a public level. Post death. Was fucked up. Chris, Chris Burroughs you know, was his name. Should, uh. Something should be covered up. The Chris Burroughs death should have been covered up. <laughs> he was such a lovable guy. Oh, yeah, but, but you guy. could tell he was hinky because he was in hair. He was a hair metal guy in the '80s, so you knew something was hinky. Really? Well, <laughs> you, you died in a rubber suit. A yeah, rubber suit. In a yeah, gift a mask of- and everything. <laughs> It it was crazy. I thought we'd talked about this, but I mean, he had, they had like a a portable DJ set up, lights. They were doing poppers. In the hotel room? In the hotel room? And the guy that was with him just managed to give all the information to the news sources. Yeah, why is that? See, that's the lack of morality that I'm talking about. People are having sex with their dead brother's wives and they're exploit, you know, ruining a guy's 40-year journalism career just for a little bit of attention on TMZ. It's just disgusting, the society. Like, you know, everybody knows the truth about JFK. I mean, Martin Luther King. I mean, come on. Like, but we, we just don't need to know that stuff. We don't need to know that Marilyn Monroe had sex with both Kennedys in the same week. We don't need to know that, Chuck. Yeah, we didn't no, even but really we, need to hear. We didn't even really need to hear the uh, "grab your pussy" tape either. You know, I mean, we could have done no. without that. I think I no, I think we did because I thought everybody, whoever released that, thought that that was going to sink him. I mean, I when I heard, it, I was like, "Oh, he's fucking done. Oh, he's fucking done." Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, no. He, but, you know, this is the whole thing. It's just too bad. He loves himself so much that he won't like take himself out because he, he really needs like a Harry Carey type suicide exit to um, <laughs> redeem himself. Did you? Hey, have you heard about there's a book called Final Days by Woodward and Bernstein. Right. Have you heard of it? Uh, uh, oh, no. My phone I, fell. OK, so in the final days, like it was it's crazy. Uh so Nixon was going around drunk through the White House talking to the, to the presidential portraits, going, why me? What did I do? <laughs> and then Alexander Haig, Alexander Haig, who went on to be in the Reagan administration, he made a move that no sharp objects in the Oval Office and in the presidential uh, <laughs> residence and no, no pills, no, no prescription pills anywhere that Nixon could have access to because Nixon was talking about killing himself yeah. like that, like that. So this is, you know, I always, I always be, I'm reassured that what's going on now has gone on before. Nixon was out of his mind for months in the White House months drunk at a certain point henry kissinger talked about in his biography that nixon was so drunk in that it was just him and henry kissinger in the oval office and nixon was so drunk saying what is happening to me then he started sobbing like a child and he got in a fetal position on the floor of the Aww. of the oval office 
and, and Henry Kissinger said, I didn't know what to do. So I knelt down next to him and rubbed his back and comforted him. Oh, I like them both that much more. I like so, them both. So now. that just makes me feel like, is, is Kellyanne Conway just rubbing Trump, Trump's back? And no, no. crying and, oh, no. poor me. You know, oh. right now, it's sad. Because what, what you just said, I think if that happened now, they'd supply him with sharp objects and record it so they could sell the footage. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, humanity. You know, it's like Amy and I yeah, started you watching that. Yeah, Henry Kissinger, Henry Kissinger has never had a probably, you know, this is the early 70s. He probably has never had a grown man in a fetal position crying. I mean, now it's a common occurrence in our baby society. <laughs> but back then, back then, it was fucking nuts. He probably never saw that. Like, can you imagine? The President of the United States curled up in a fetal position, howling, oh, why did they hate me? And crying. <laughs> Aww. I just hope that's going on in the White House oh, now. Poor but we've got to commend all these brave people standing up. And we've got to call bullshit on bullshit. I just don't think being an addict is an excuse for every kind of stupid behavior. I just don't. I never have. I, it, it, I'm, Chuck, it sounded like you're one that goes along with this new kind of millennial perspective where everything has a reason and an excuse and you're a victim and a blame something else. For your grown adult decision to steal, your grown adult decision to, you know, to you know, to take advantage of somebody's weakness. You know, no, 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 adult, no, 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 I, decision. I, I, you have to, to be drive kind a of motor vehicle, drunk anyhow. and kill somebody. Your grown adult decision to rob a bank. A friend of mine robbed the bank, and every like, one, our favorite, our number one listener, our number one listener knows the reference I just said. I'm not going to say it, but a very close friend of ours robbed a bank to get drug money, and then got. Um, drug treatment for as alternative sentencing. Like that's a bit much, don't you? Think? They got Did lucky. Did he rob they the bank lucky. with his finger? Did he rob the bank with his finger? No, with a note, just a note. No, no violence. Oh. Yeah, that was. One it, of the it doesn't matter. Money, money's worth more than lives. You're better off killing somebody than you are robbing a bank. Yeah, but I think it's commendable that you rob like, you know, a bank with your finger or a note or something and not you're not armed. I think that's I think that's commendable. <laughs> that's the world. OK. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're going to okay. rob a bank. You, and you, you, you go ahead. Chuck, all right, Mike, you need to just listen. Let's make let's make so far what we know of the world according to Mike Mart. So, like let's just go through some Mike of the Mark's stuff. Mike Mart's world. Mike Mart's oh, world. No. Mike Mart's world. When you can rob a bank with your finger, it's okay. Whatever. Wait, especially, no harm, no foul. Especially if you get away with it. I mean, well, if, if you get if away, you get with, away it, with it, man, you are the king. Well, if you get away with it. With a gun or a finger, it no gun. Really you got away with. It. Wait, so no guns, so, no. theft, so theft is okay. Theft is okay according to Mike Mart. Yeah, no, so it's okay. It's okay. So okay. So as long as I use a note, I can steal from people. Okay, cool. I'm trying no, like to show you can steal from how, banks, though. I'm trying well, to that steals show from people. how. Okay. Uh, uh, try to have equal morality. So then, it should be okay for. 
uh, you know, the white privileged males in Washington, D.C. to steal as long as they don't have a gun. I mean, that's they're not stealing kind of, from people. Kind of yeah, they're stealing from the government. They, yeah, they're just yeah. stealing from the government. They're just, you know, doing. Uh, you might you know, have a point there, Bob. <laughs> I'm going to go to Walmart and point a finger at the people and say, I'm just taking this stuff because I'm taking well, it from Walmart, not a person. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to Big Big James, right? The, the, he's like one of the dear Thelonious Monster family fans. He got caught stealing. And so then he Once, said, he but five? I really wasn't. Huh? No, this is like, a, like last year. <laughs> And he said, but, and he said what, all, what I used to say when I would steal. Well, I mean, it really hurt nobody. That's what Mike Mart is saying. If you don't hurt anybody, it's okay to steal, right? Uh, okay. Not from, a per not from another person. <laughs> from an institution? I'm not sure. From it's, an institution from banks who are so, you know, who are like. Oh, my God. It's other people's money in there. Okay. So. So yeah, I'm just saying sure. that in our in our cult of of sober, you know, formerly immoral people, I think we give ourselves too much leeway blaming drugs for our behavior. Okay. Because I can tell you, I have some friends that never broke the law, never stole from anyone. They were just as bad a drug addicts as me. They just had means and they didn't ever have to come to that bridge. But then there was other people I'll give you an example. I went to kick uh, drugs in Las Vegas. Don't ask me why. Probably Mike Mark told me that's where you can go to kick drugs. <laughs> I check into the Circus Circus when Circus Circus was hip in the early eight, mid 80s. What was and it? Was it was because Hunter, <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson stayed there. Didn't that's he stay where the I thought he stayed at the No, Riviera. he stayed at the Circus Circus. That's where they go through that acid trip, and there's uh, all the alligators on the grounds and oh, everything. okay. So, so I t stayed at Circus Circus because of some Hunter S. Thompson fantasy I had. And I brought a bunch of cocaine and a bunch of Vicodin. And I planned on doing some significant drinking, uh, Chuck, you know, because I'm getting off of heroin. So right, I'm right. getting off of heroin. Here's the deal. Getting off a of heroin with Vicodin, cocaine, and alcohol. Uh, I like it. it. Went we really should open well. a new place. It really <laughs> went well for like two days when I had Vicodin, cocaine, and alcohol. Right? When it got down to there was no Vicodin and cocaine left and there was only alcohol, that's when things got a little sketchy. Yeah. Right? Day, th day three. Yeah. So I wake <laughs> up day three, you know, with that panic of, oh, my God, it's day three, I'm dope sick, da, 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 da. Couldn't have been that I was smoking and snorting coke and taking Vicodin for two days that I felt so bad. It had to have been that I was in day three of heroin withdrawals, which I wasn't because I took like 40 Vicodin over a 48-hour period of time, right? So I'm not really in right. opiate withdrawal. Right, but, I but your head told you. I am, yep. Yep. And I, I order a few drinks, a couple of Mai Tais or whatever, down in the lobby like at one in the afternoon when I had woken up. No food. I drink a couple of drinks. I realize an old thing Top Jimmy told me. Top Jimmy, one of the wisest men I ever knew. For those of you at home that don't know Top Jimmy, Google Top Jimmy. Top Jimmy told me when I was going out on the 87 tour, when I was really strung out for the first time really bad, 
Top Jimmy and a guy named uh, Hollywood Fats were at my house and we were smoking coke and shooting coke for a couple of days. And then the monster van pulls up. I got to go on tour. I said, I had some heroin to make it to like, I'm trying to make it to New York, right? And we've got like a month before we get to New York. So, and I don't, Mike, you were on this tour. This was 87. This was Best of the West tour. Were you on that tour, uh, Mike Mart? Uh, maybe. I think I was, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe Mike Mart was on this Sounds tour. like I was on so, that one. Is it? You know. So, Top Jimmy, right as I'm leaving, Hollywood Fats, who weighed like 350 pounds. I don't know. Mike know, knew him. He played in James Harmon's band. He's a good, one of the greatest guitar players in Hollywood. Sitting on my couch, smoking Coke. Top Jimmy, he's going to hold down the fort at my house. I'm letting Top Jimmy house at my house while I go on tour for two months. Holy shit. This, is, this can't go well, especially leaving Fats there. So... So Jimmy wait, wait. says, listen, if you run out of dope, I'll never forget it. It was on the steps of my house there, Mike, on Fountain, right? The one <laughs> I lived in the main house. Yeah. On the steps, Jimmy goes, if you want to find dope somewhere, go to the Methadone Clinic. I remember he told me that. 1987. This is exactly. like spring of 87. Yes. I'm like, made a mental note. If you, if you want to find heroin in any city, go to the Methadone Clinic. So I get, so I had that implanted. It did work on that tour. I found, I found the methadone clinic. Often you had to go around for two hours with some guy to get heroin, but you could find heroin. Well, you had you to look to the in the, you had to look in the phone book. Remember that but to you go would, to the methadone clinic the next the morning. Phone book, and you had to go in the morning when they're open at, for till ten a.m. or whatever. So and so not I'm, get any so, not. Not get any methadone, just hang out with the junkies. No, you're not getting methadone. You want to meet all the exactly. junkies. That's where they keep all the junkies exactly. in a city. Exactly. So, that's where they keep them. So, so <laughs> that's where they keep the junkies. They all come out of the woodwork like a meeting and area. in the morning like, uh, <laughs> like cockroaches. So yeah. I'm in Las Vegas. At, I'm at the bar at the Circus Circus. I'm at the bar at the Circus Circus. I'm convincing myself I'm in severe heroin withdrawal. And I remember what Top Jimmy said. If you ever want dope, go to the methadone clinic. So I ran to a payphone, like Mike said, found the methadone clinic, pulled the page out of the phone book, and got in my car and went to, and the methadone clinic was in North Vegas, right? I get there. I find a bunch of people. It takes me about 20 minutes. I find this guy. I go to his house. He's a crackhead, but he knows where to get heroin. If I'll buy him crack, so I'm now smoking crack with a guy in North Vegas waiting to give him $100 to go get heroin, which this can't go well. Guess what? It went fant fantastically, Chuck. Yeah. The guy became one of my best friends. I stayed with those people in North Vegas for about four <laughs> days. And they were the greatest. They didn't rip me off. They weren't criminals. They were just taking care of business. Right? Yeah. And I, oh, I really do think that, that part of white privilege is white addicts make excuses for their abhorrent behavior while on drugs. And black addicts, like the friend of mine from North Vegas, do not. I have a question for you. Would you have left Top Jimmy in charge of your place for two months had you been a sober person? 
Probably not, but uh, I never intend. Even when I was a sober person, I didn't intend to be sober for very long. So I did a lot of that rational. Okay. Right? Because where 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 we were going with that though is because you we were talking about no, I you can never blame your behavior because there are people that are morally, other than breaking the laws of using illegal substances and that sort of stuff. I've known a lot of people that haven't broken those same laws and haven't done a lot of the yes, stupid shit. Yes, that's what I'm I talking have. about. But I remember when I was when I was new and I was in that one home group. There was a guy who was a freaking pedophile, and the guys were telling me, um, they go, hey, man, he, he was drunk. And I said, I don't give a fuck. I've drank till I don't remember what happened for 24 hours in a row. And I know I didn't diddle any kids because it's just not in my nature. And they were going, well, but you did other stuff. And I go, yeah, I did stuff I would have normally done anyhow, but it gave me that extra boot. You know, it's just like a little bit of a push. It, no, you're right. Well, I, why, I, my, my, argument, my argument always is, then why do we make amends? If everything is an excuse, why do you make amends? Oh, no, this is why. You didn't, do, any, we're the you didn't do anything people. wrong. We're the same. There's an we're excuse the, for everything. We're the, we're the same damn people, and that's why it's such bullshit when uh, addicts and alcoholics talk about, oh, I engaged in old behavior. No, man, it's new behavior. You just did it. It's who you are. This is the, these are the character defects you need to deal with. You're a cheater, you're a liar, you're a scumbag, and you're the same person. Right. You know, most, pe most people that are assholes loaded are also assholes sober. I mean, most of the people I meet in AA are not, they're not people I want to be friends with. I have, my circle of friends is small because they, they take all that same stuff and you see it in the well, GSR alcohol, meetings. That, that brings us to our second point of our show in the from the production meeting, Chuck. Oh man, alcohol. I really like to go to one of those alcohol mm -hmm. mike pull up the article of, of about the the women getting fucked up and drunk every night and then going on the internet and talking to each other could you know i think it was the second article mother's little helper is back yeah. and daddy's partaking Mo too <laughs> oh jesus is it about no, valium or so, wine because yeah. i'm over no wine it's about moms. wine wine and marijuana like parents across the united states after the kids go to sleep are getting fucked up out of their minds there's this whole article and there's these, there's these uh uh, whatever, like these Facebook pages or these live chats together where they're all drunk together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet that's interesting. And what I, I believe it includes Canada, too. I think some Canadians are getting fucked up up there during COVID. Well, they've discovered right? each read the, other. Read, they've read discovered some of the article. Each other. Like the part about when the women are so drunk and they start talking to each other at 12 o'clock at night and... And uh, middle like class parents said a minute, uh, self medication has long been recre uh, recreationalized, even romanticized in the in the America, so long as we're white. Think of sitcom dad <laughs> pouring pouring a drink and sinking into a barca lounger after a long day with Bob in accounting. Uh, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> I do not go. work in accounting. I could never. Be an Is that the part you wanted me to read, Bob? <laughs> no, I, no. There's a part where they get really drunk and they start talking to each other oh all across the United States. On, on they're, some, they're, on, they're on some sort of gummies or something. What the fuck are the gummies? Yeah, again, pot gummies, pot gummies. Oh Jesus oh. Christ! Yeah, well, okay, you know, close the article. If they want to call the 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 groups, I'm only a parent. 
while my kids are awake and if they need me in the middle of the night, <laughs> I'll be indisposed and incapable of helping them or comforting them or doing whatever. Man, so just, many nighttime things happen with kids. It's his rationalization. Listen, be, we're all adults here. We all yeah, need to step up. Here's the thing, Chuck. We need to step up like my father did in World War II, like the Vietnam vets did in, Viet in Vietnam. This is a war. This is like the sacrifice our grandparents made. Like my great-grandfather who came over on a boat by himself from, from France, right? Some fucking balls and some sacrifice once in a while. Instead of making excuses and rationalizing and justifying being drunk and stoned as soon as your kids go to sleep, that's what I'm talking about, Chuck. We are a victim right. society, and it's got to end. It's got to end. They but mommy a, can't hope. <laughs> they have a blog. Mommy hey, they have a blog. Cope. It's called yeah. Trying to Stay Sober in a Wine Mom World. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm looking at it now. Chuck, Chuck, this is estimated. Chuck, this is estimated to be hundreds of thousands of parents that are oh fucked up God. out of their minds right now every night after their kids go to sleep. And the justification, the rationalization, the poor me baby bullshit is, oh, COVID, and I'm stuck at home with my children all day. And, I, <laughs> my, you know, we're only getting... It's all boo-hoo, boo-hoo. It's just got to fucking stop. When is this society? When is this society going to take responsibility for itself? I was saying it before COVID. When is an adult an adult? Because it used to be 18 when I was a kid. It's 26. My dad pounded it. It's 26 now. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like it's 50 or it sounds like it's never happening because if life is just so hard, it's so hard it's so to like hard. be a parent of three kids. Let me tell you, my mom was drunk out of her mind and angry and frustrated. She parented four kids. I don't get all the complaints. She never complained. She just fucking took care of business. What happened to take care of business? Remember Elvis Presley's <laughs> motto? Take oh, yeah. Care of oh, yeah. TCB. We need a little bit of TCB, TCB. man. You know, we need and that's to bring back TCB. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's important that we, you know, if this is the worst thing that we face in the rest of our lifetimes, then I we've know. got it pretty you good. Stay home. And here's people the, here's are people. The thing. We're not fighting. Can I just say this? We're not fighting the Nazis. We're not, we're not going into the South Pacific and wondering whether we're going to come back or not. We're not facing complete economic devastation of the fucking depression. You have to stay six feet away from people and wear a fucking mask. How fucking hard is it? Man, I could use some wine. You keep talking, I could use a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, but weed is the new wine, though. I mean, come on, face it. You know, you, you, want, to, you want to talk about keeping America sedated. But that article says they're doing both. No, the article says they're drinking wine and smoking weed. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, this one lady says she goes into her bathroom and vapes smoking weed and doom scrolling learning about the science of covid and weed smoking <laughs> did, did you say doom scrolling that's fantastic yeah, doom, doom scrolling doom, 
What is doom scrolling? I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm but not. she's hiding in her, in her bathroom smoking weed doing it. <laughs> so, you know, what the fuck is going on her. here? Uh, what is, like, uh, can, can we just get, like, COVID is scary. COVID has affected our business and our school and our work. It's, it's a, it's a short-term thing. It looks like it has an end at the end of next year. It's not that complicated. When you go to a store, you might have to wait five minutes to get inside. If you, you know, we can't go to concerts. We're not going to sporting events. Our kids aren't going to school for the most part. Like, what is the big sacrifice here? I don't fucking get it. And I mean, for, maybe for it's because, for, you know... <laughs> You know, it's it's funny because I, I turn on the TV here in the trailer and it comes on to CNN and it, it was some pretty scary shit. I had to turn it because it was kind of a bummer. They, the, what the was stuff the bummer? They were talking about, it was just, it was total doomsday like uh, COVID stuff. And um, uh, yeah. it was the Cuomo was prime time with Cuomo it was on. So I know I, 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 I was caught up in that and I started going, wow, this really is a bummer. So then I, I put on that, the new David Byrne thing where he's got all the barefoot people dancing with him, and that's playing in the background now. And I feel so much better already. All I, all I needed was like a half hour off of the news cycle. Yeah. But, but so let's, let, but let's be, let's be fair to the whole thing. And now, now this is where you get in trouble and you get attacked, but you know, Chris Christie survived COVID. I mean, that's shocking to me. Like, is there a person in worse shape in America <laughs> than Chris Christie? That was the best, that was the best part of Chappelle when he goes, mm, did we, um, did mm. we, did, did we have, oh, when the COVID's looking at Chris Christie, yeah. did we have, yeah. uh, were we do don't were we do and don't die when me and Dr. Drew went and did a thing in New Jersey with Governor Christie, or is that because I sure. I worked with Governor I worked with Governor Christie I went there and did a whole task force thing with him. He's a good uh, guy. Have... You know why he cares about about uh, addicts is his best friend died of a drug overdose. But so I get great hope from Christie and Trump and. And some of the people that I know have survived COVID. I know that I could get it. I know I'm high risk. I know, you know, it's a scary thing. But so is drug addiction. If it's out there and the congregating and the sharing of pipes and bottles and snorters and tutors and all the things that goes on. Well, I never here. thought of that. Snorting, yeah. If, the, if COVID here, got somebody's... If if I've got oh it and I God, hand you I a never pill, thought of that. you know, here have this bag that's got your dope in it. It's coming from people that aren't washing their hands every thirty minutes, and these are, you know, so it's like. You mean like uh, they just pick their nose and then they pull the pill out of the bag and they touch the pill and they give it to you and you take it and you get the COVID? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you can have it on. You can have it on your hands. You know. Yeah, of course if, you can. So if I've got that. it, if I if. If I'm sick and I'm coughing or I'm in my hands and I'm handing out dope all day, you got to know how many people that's going to go to. So, but it, it's like my, my sister's kid, I had, saw my sister this last week and my sister's kid had COVID and no one else in the family got it. And they are a huggy, close Share a lot. No, isn't it crazy? Space you can't even talk about that. It's funny because on the news, on the Good Morning Show or whatever, they were talking about people in Spain 
and dogs and how if you let people pet your dog, then you pet your dog. And there's all these cases being linked to dog petting. And, 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 and the news lady goes, yeah, but that's in Spain. And the guy goes like, Spaniards <laughs> are a different breed? What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's in Spain. They, touch, they, they, pet dogs, they pet dogs differently there. Listen, I have a dog. I think, you can, I think you can, I put her in the backyard to do the podcast. I think you can hear her barking. Uh, I never bring my dog around other people. She's here around the family, whatever. It's not, you know, you, your dog is different, Mike. Your dog is so, so wonderful and mellow and just lays down. But when yeah, I go into Los dog. Angeles and I'm walking through Whole Foods and there's some, like, not aggressive, just irritating fucking hipster who has to have his dog with him and it jumps up on you and, oh, isn't it so cute? I'm just so sick of people bringing their dogs to markets restaurants it's just uncalled for what they're only but, trying to show how cool they are but I their mean, dogs it. but their dogs have major separation anxiety <laughs> that's oh a, my that's, god that's my that's my favorite thing yeah. and then i go you know why your dog has separation anxiety because you never leave it alone your dog will work through it dogs are more i think they're more evolved than people they will work through a situation if dogs had covid they would have sorted it out already they would have figured out a way around it, but people are people are just. Well, my dog you, has. You understand what I'm saying? I, do they do it? Yeah. Do they do it in Huntington Beach where there's dogs in Whole Foods and shit? Like, come there's, on, people. There's dogs in the places fuck up. There, there shouldn't be. Absolutely, all day long. I have dogs. I've had dogs. Mike's known me my whole life. I've had a dog every moment of my adult life. You won't know that. I don't take my dog to fucking Whole Foods. I don't take, you know, you, right, Mike? Right? I had Sebastian for 16 years of my sobriety. I didn't take her to the fucking Walmart. Bob, one of my favorite things to do, if you remember, was uh, when I used to drive that black Cadillac, it was Susie's, was I would take my dog down to where I would cop dope down on, on Lake Street, and uh, he would be in the car. And he would sit in the in the back with the window just cracked. And when the drug dealers came up to the window, he just went nuts. <laughs> uh, my friend, who I'm not going to say his name, has a uh, support dog. It's not a fucking support dog. He just bought the red vest to put on it. It's not registered. There's no. No, I happen has... to know that dog, and that dog's a sweetheart. That's a Peruvian dog, right? Yeah, or, that's a great Brazilian dog, right? or something. It's a South American. Yeah, he got dog, off right? the streets of Brazil and it was abandoned. Yeah. It's a great dog, right? But mm -hmm. he got the he bought the red vest online. It has well, no you card. See, it's not that allowed goes, everywhere. That kind of goes with the robbing the bank with the note. I think that's okay because <laughs> you've actually pulled off some sort of scam without hurting anybody. You know, you he can bring yeah, the dog does. into the bank with a note <laughs> and say the dog had the vest on. <laughs> And that would be perfectly okay, robbing a bank and getting but, away with that. But we used to work at the pet hospital on Robertson across from the log cabin when he was a teenager in high school or whatever. And once we, because syringes were hard to find, like in 81, yeah. A2, uh, A3, no. they're hard to find. And Flea, Flea one time said, oh, my God, I know where there's a bunch of syringes that we got in my car. Did you get the big the ones? Dump, the dumpster behind oh. the pet hospital. And we took them home and we cleaned them all out. Not all of them are big. Some of them are big. But yeah, some of them are the like, there's three state. None of them are like the little disposable no, diabetic no. ones. But there's a medium-sized <laughs> medium dog syringe 
that's really it was, it was <laughs> such a <laughs> quite knowledgeable <laughs> the bb low dose weren't really popular amongst the dogs and most of them but yeah i had a vet check into los Encinas one time this is 20 years ago and uh you know you're thinking look, he's a doctor looking guy he's a good guy and i got to be friends with him and i you know i just assumed you know, he was a illicit drug user. He admitted that he was a drug addict, not an alcoholic, right? So that was first couple of days I met him. He's like, oh, no, I'm an addict. I'm an addict. And he was identifying as an addict. Then one night we're at aftercare and he just shares with me, like, it's getting really hard for me at work. And I said, oh, what's going on? <laughs> he said, well, you know, I've got all that dope there. And I was like, come mm. again? Because I thought he had bought a bunch of heroin or he had some left over because he was like 40 days sober. He goes, I got a bunch of dope at, at my work. And I was like, well, we need to get rid of it. And he goes, get rid of it. What are you talking about? I go, well, let's get you, me, and some kind of, you know, he had a mutual friend he went through treatment with. I said, let's just go over there. We'll get it out of there tonight. He goes, Bob, it's everywhere. And I go, well, I like how much really have you got? And he goes, Bob, I'm talking about all the pills, all the morphine, all the stuff that I have at my animal hospital. And I go, mm -hmm. you can't, what are you talking about? And he goes, Bob, morphine is morphine is morphine is morphine. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was like, what? Like it never dawned on me that the drugs that are at a veterinary hospital are the same as the drugs that are at a regular human being hospital. Well, that's because you never is worked morphine at one. Is morphine is morphine. <laughs> did you know? Solution. Did you know that dog drugs are the same as regular people drugs? Yeah, I, I, I worked at a couple different veterinary hospitals when I was younger. Well, in the 70s, we used to snort the shit called cannabinol that was like horse tranquilizer. Did it come from the vet hospital? So I'm wondering if there are, are veterinary hospitals getting broken into through the last 10, 15 years? I bet they are. To Beach Veterinary, when I worked there, although I did not live in Huntington Beach at the time. That was one of those places where the doctor would tell me, we got to take this stuff and put it in the back and lock it up because there was an apartment complex across the street and there were a bunch of junkies living there. And he goes, man, they, they come and rifle through over the weekends because it's one of those things where it, it, we weren't open over the weekend. So there was no one in the offices. And when the people across the street would know, a couple of times they got, they got a lot of stuff, but it was... I mean, what was that, 30 years ago? Well, that's now, now that's dishonest. <laughs> because, because they didn't just come with a note. <laughs> you can't do that when nobody... If they had to come in with a note. So, so the world, according to Mike Mart, is you walk into an animal hospital yeah, and if with you can, your finger if you can talk and say, them out go of it. get me... Go get me the morphine. Well, the finger has and that's to be totally in your, okay. His finger has to be in your pocket. Okay, oh, so, so you, you could give yeah. somebody a heart attack and they die. Well, hopefully they don't, you know. I want to say it one more time so those at home can understand. This goes out to all oh, this shout out to the guys in Milwaukee. This is a shout out to Dopey Day. This is a shout out to all our friends. Morphine is morphine is morphine. morphine. Is morphine. <laughs> <laughs> you got that? Yeah, you no that. truer words have ever been spoken. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realize it. I'm imagining some junkies in America have drugged their poor animals around, saying they're sick or maybe even, you know, causing them distress to bring them to get 
Vicodins. I'll bet. I I just know it. I don't. I don't. Back to the. I've never heard of the moral of this show is, if they did that, they're animal abusers. Right. Oh my God, that's a stretch. Right. No. If you if you if you harm your dog on purpose to bring him around to veterinarians to get drugs. Of course. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about you, Mike Mart. I was with you one time when a cash register person gave you, thought you gave them a 20 and you gave them a five or something. Yeah. And they gave you change and you went back and gave them that money. I did. So, That's right. So, That's right. So here's the guy who says it's okay to rob a bank, but in his own life, <laughs> if just, he gets over <laughs> You're like a walking contradiction. Oh, come on. That was when I was sober. That was when I was sober. <laughs> so is so it your drunk? So, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I was using Bob, that Bob, that money would have went in my pocket and I would have went straight to the store and bought some booze. Okay, but I understand that. But you haven't been on the world according to Mike, you haven't been definitive on whether it's when you're loaded or when you're not so i want to ask you one simple moral quandary is it okay to rob a bank with your finger if you're sober uh no it is not and and here's the reasoning behind this bob if i if i'm gonna sponsor a guy and he comes to me and he's like in 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 some kind of moral quandary he's got to make amends he's like Okay, what is it? What did you do? I robbed a bank when I was, you know, pitifully fucking strung out. I robbed a bank with a note and I got away with it. I would laugh. I would laugh. I would say, you you don't have to make amends for that. Just be sorry for it and move on with your fucking life. You don't have to. The, the bank's not going to do anything with your money. You're going to go to jail. Just fucking call it a day. I mean, let's be real. Guy was, can you imagine the picture of a guy all fucking stoned, handing a fucking? He could have easily gotten caught, and I know a guy that got caught, and you know him too. Yeah, for robbing John a Jones. bank for robbing a right. bank with his finger, and you just yeah, got to fucking. I know laugh. the bank. I know the bank. Whether whether they get caught or not, you got to just fucking laugh at this shit and go, man, that was fucking stupid, dude. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> move forward okay well you know what i told uh i yeah i've sponsored a lot of guys that have done some fucked up shit i've done some fucked up shit and gloria told me this interesting thing so okay. gloria scott said go by the law and i said come again she said go by the law there is a statute of limitations on every crime right so if it's within the statute of limitations, you have a moral quandary. Does the person confess to the crime or not? Her opinion always was don't because she was a criminal. But, but she said, <laughs> you know, if, 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 you rob, if you rob the bank 10 years ago and you haven't gotten caught, there's nothing you can do about it. Right? Statute of limitations. Yes. That's a good philosophy for AA. Because well, a lot you know, of this I stuff doesn't doesn't come out for a decade really yeah like i i did i did a lot of home burglaries right i'll tell you did i ever tell you the, the weirdest thing that happened to me there's a weirdest thing that ever happened to you there's like one weirdest thing it was at <laughs> it was at a baby shower and i say <laughs> to my ex-wife who's that why is that guy here 
right? And she goes, oh, that's my sister's best friend, whatever. And I was like, because I didn't know the family all that well. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. And she goes, why? And I go, oh, I just kind of know him. And uh, I had robbed his house, right? And I was in this moral quandary, like you can get into, right? Yeah. And, then, and, then, and so then I tried to make it right. Tried to make it right. I confessed a little bit, not necessarily to him, but and it, and it just didn't feel right. So it was then, in, so it the, was in, indirect amends. It was just the strangest thing because it, it it had been like fifteen years before. I hadn't seen the guy in fifteen years. It was yeah. just so yeah. This is in two thousand ten. I probably did it in ninety four. Yeah, it's like sixteen years. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I went to Gloria, uh, or I went to uh, somebody, Anthony, I think, and I said, what, what do you think I should do about this? And he goes, oh, my God, come on now. You got you to gotta figure how much is it going to harm the person that you're confessing this? What are you willing to do? And then this is a thing that I don't think is practiced enough anymore. Just determine how much you stole multiply it by two because we always lie this is a gloria scott thing whatever you say you stole and you come up with the value you need to double it because we lie to ourselves all the time <laughs> so if you say oh i stole like i stole like four hundred dollars worth of stuff okay you owe eight hundred dollars so donate eight hundred dollars to a drug treatment program and that that's the simplest way of making amends pay it forward give it to new addicts that are getting an opportunity like you know so i give it to cry help a lot because Cry Help was the place that helped thousands of addicts, no questions asked. You're going to donate money. I don't think there's any place better than Charlie's, from what I hear, that Charlie. Charlie Street. What's Charlie the name? Street. Charlie Street yeah. or Cry Help or Impact or one of these people really doing God's work. Like just donate yeah. what you can, 100 bucks or whatever. But this making this grandiose big deal and you got to make it better and you got to, you know, I don't, I don't know. But no, I right, certainly don't think you just say, if you got away with bank robbery, it's okay. Right, but right. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not there, I'm not there yet. But I'm but saying right. there's other ways to make amends that are more humble, more really put your money where your mouth is, sacrifice, and do it. But, and don't tell anybody about it. Don't tell but, anybody you did it. And don't, yeah, don't brag about it. That's the big part about amends, though, is changing the behavior, right? Part of making amends is, when you do it person to person, which I've had to do many times was, you know, I was wrong um, and it won't happen again because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working on whatever that, that defective character is, right? So the idea is you stopped burglarizing houses, which was the big part. We stopped creating victims and because there is guilt and remorse that happens with that and whether we realize it at the time or not. So that's one of those things that keeps us in perpetual victimhood that keeps us, gives us an excuse to be loaded because what a piece of shit I am. Who would do this kind of stuff, right? And we know that we're the scum of the earth. Well, right? what about so, when, but, but I'll tell you, but you're, just, you're describing, this is like AA physics right now. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something I truly believe, which is the old mentality I had was rich people suck, Poor me. I never had a break. I don't have any money. If you stole from rich people, it's okay. You know, that whole kind of mentality mm -hmm. that permeates right now. It's, a, it's almost a mainstream idea that 
that people with money, we should tax them or punish them or they somehow cheated or whatever. This negativity towards when when I was growing up was called successful people, people that worked hard, (laughs) that got an education that, you know, it, it went from it went from calling people successful to calling them rich. Right. And it, and it, and rich is really a pejorative term. It's a negative term. You're just labeling something negative. Oh, they're fucking rich, right? Well, how did they get rich? Oh, they went to medical school and some bullshit. <laughs> worked really hard, and you know they saved their money and bought their first house when they were like fucking struggling. They ate fucking, uh, you know. Uh, macaroni and cheese so they can make their mortgage. Fuck them. Fucking rich people. Like you're missing the point of how they established the wealth. And I believe that I had that as an addict so that I could justify stealing from people more fortunate than me, right? And I have to shake that mentality in sobriety. That the Mm -hmm. reason why people are successful and have things or have money is because usually I, I'm not saying not all the time, but usually in general is because they did things the right way. They worked really hard. They saved money, which a lot of the people that complain about rich people don't save a fucking dime. You know, you know what I mean? All right. like, I, and I, and I was that, and I was that sober. I know that. So when I moved from my first apartment to my second apartment, I borrowed money from my family to, to get the house, to get a house, right? And um, so then, like, about a week, week and a half later, I had rented the apartment from an AA guy. He owned this apartment building. He always helped newcomers, like, you know, get it together. And so he um, gave me most of my deposit back, right? It was like, it wasn't even that much. It was like $460 or something. And... Instead of turning around and giving that $460 to my sister and brother-in-law who gave me the $1,500 deposit to rent the house, I said, well, fuck it. They're rich. I'll fucking, I'm going to go record shopping. <laughs> yeah, well, you got a new house to fill. I, I literally went from the apartment on, on Vendome and Sunset to Rockaway and bought like $50 worth of records with what was really my sister and brother-in-law's money. And that's what sober people need to watch out for because I see 20-year sober people do that, that kind of behavior, right? Well, how many people the idea was, spent their, how many people spent their stimulus instead of setting it aside when they complain about not having money? I how many people figured person? it was time to treat themselves? <laughs> I'm not even joking. I talked to a sober person who told me, hey, I'm really bumming out. And I was like, what? And he said, well, I got my $1,200 check, and then these guys told me about this gambling website. Supposedly there's this gambling website on the Internet. Have you heard about it? I don't gamble. I don't know. Somehow you can deposit your check into, like, PayPal and then put the money into this gambling website. And he thought he was going to double or triple his money, and he lost it all. Oh, what are the odds? (laughs) Good for him. And then he had the, wait a minute, then he had the gall to be a baby complaining to me about how he fucking lost his whole check. I was like, dude, I don't know, I don't know that I can handle this conversation right now. (laughs) That money was, that money was given to you 
to tide you over through these tough times, to buy groceries, to pay a portion of your rent, pay your cell phone bill, you know, put gas in your car, do something productive. And you chose to put it in a gambling website PayPal account and you lost it all. And now you're complaining being a victim. Like, when are you going to wake up to what an asshole you are? And I'm not saying the guy was like, 10 years sober he was like not even a year sober but still he needed that lesson like dude what do you want sympathy you're a dumbass that's what i told him and and people (laughs) criticize me for being so direct in a society that's so politically correct what do you call that smart what do you call that other than dumbass (laughs) what is tell me tell me the political correct because chuck i know you work in a politically correct world and you're a politically correct guy you Tell me what, how I could have done that differently. Chuck, tell me what I should have said. Oh, God. I don't even want to <laughs> wreck me, my Chuck, brain trying to think of a way. You're a fucking therapist, Chuck. You're I'm the a political correct one, Chuck. Tell me what I say to that I guy. know exactly what Chuck would have said. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> probably, probably. That's traumatizing. Yeah, that's but you so know, unkind. But yeah, if but you I've say known it, Chuck long enough, where I know that that's what he'd say. <laughs> you do what you do, you get what you get, and suck it up. Oh, there's God. another good one. <laughs> well, the, so don't you get in one. trouble for saying that? You get in trouble for saying the truth nowadays. No, the truth is not to be muttered. No, and that that I, that <laughs> oh killed me. God. Okay, just just the the final nail on I'm that. I quote was you on CNN. that, Bob. <laughs> I, I was watching, like I told you when I came in here, because I'm I'm up in Petaluma. I'm on I'm at the ranch, so it's like CNN comes on, and they they were talking about people having food insecurities. Means they're freaking hungry. Right. How much? Right. Why would you soften? They're having food insecurities. That's just that's not even English. There are people without food. Pass a bill, get people some relief. And as but long as you, as long as you water it down and sanitize uh, it, it doesn't have any emotional, visceral re- reaction. I told you, I was told by a homeless. What he used to be considered a homeless advocate. He informed me a couple a month and a half ago that we were no longer using the term homeless because it is pejorative. And I stood there. At outside this, you know, this fucking fundraiser thing. And I said, so, wait, so, okay, so I've never, and it was, he, he, I never have liked the term homeless because homeless suggests we don't have enough homes. That's hardly the problem. The problem right. is economic disparity, drug addiction, mental illness. Those are the problems. They should be called what they are. But he said, no, we're not using the homeless uh, term anymore and it's going to be faded out now we're calling it unhoused the unhoused the unhoused yeah Uh, what's the fucking difference i don't get the difference to tell you the truth to sanitize it away from how ruthless and 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 unchristian our society is would it be better if it was a christian society i believe christ's teachings were great there we go. Clothe, clothe, clothe the poor, feed the hungry, um, turn the other cheek, be kind, be loving, love thy brother as you love thyself. These are good ideas, Chuck. 
got 100 people a day dying of drug overdoses, and it's got to stop. Allo Treatment Centers wants it to stop. We want people to get educated about drugs, about treatment. We want you to learn, laugh, and live, but first and foremost, don't die. Get a hold of Allo Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Allo Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake. 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.